Welcome into the Landry Football Podcast uh, for this uh, Wednesday. Um, excuse me, this Tuesday. I don't even know what day it is. Tuesday, January 10th, uh, as we take a look at the, the latest goings on around the world of the NFL, college football. Going to focus on a lot of the coaching openings. Um, some news coming, making the rounds uh, out. Um, the Giants have um, uh, uh, given permission for the Texans to interview offensive coordinator Mike Kafka for their opening position. Um, the Washington Commanders have fired their, fired their offensive coordinator, uh, Scott Turner. Uh, and I think that uh, else is uh, making the way around the league. Uh, there is... Um, I know in Los Angeles, Sean McVay is he's contemplating his future. Um, he has uh, given permission to his coaching staff to search for other jobs without resistance. So it is definitely looking like he's leaning towards stepping aside. So I think that he's um, he's leaning that direction. Nothing definite though. Uh, X Giants GM Jerry Reese interviewed with the Cardinals for their open general manager vacancy. Um, the Colts have requested permission to interview Broncos defensive coordinator uh, Ijaro Rivera. Um, the Panthers have completed an interview with uh, Jim Caldwell for their um, opening at this time. So uh, those are some of the latest. Um, a reminder, you can get more detailed, <coughs> pardon me, film room breakdowns in, um, on, on all of the, the games this weekend, but all the latest news around the NFL and college football over at LandryFootball.com. So we've got Cardinals opening, Texas opening, um, Broncos, Colts, Panthers. Um, there is, um, you know, Nathaniel Hackett might be a candidate to go back with the Packers now that he's been let go by the Broncos. Um, uh, if I'm listening to Chris Ballard today, the general manager, of the Colts, it was pretty clear <clears throat> he was not for the hiring of Jeff Saturday. That this was strictly the uh, owners doing. Um, don't know where this is going to go, but I think it's going to be very unlikely that Jeff Saturday gets the job. At least, uh, if it was Chris Ballard's, um, I think it's going to be very difficult. No disrespect, Jeff Saturday's been. Um, been taking a lot of heat. He's just not qualified for that job. He's going to get the interview. Um, and I think they've done more than enough to help him. I, I thought that he was in over his head. It was a tough audition. So it was really unfair to him, but he's really not qualified uh, for this job. So um, owners, though, have a lot of say so. Jerry Jones saying that Mike McCarthy's job is not uh, – in, in, uh, in danger if they were to lose in the wild card game. Um, look, I, Jerry's not been one to fire coaches willy nilly. You know, people say that all the time, you know, they're going to do this and that. What people don't get is Jerry, uh, this job is not as good a job as it could be. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys and the, the notoriety of that job, it's look, it's, it's, it's not a job that you're going to likely get someone with other options. So Jerry likes to have the control over there. Um, Matt Canada's future um, is being evaluated in Pittsburgh. 
Um, so there's lots that's going to be evaluated by um, uh, the uh, Mike Tomlin over there. Um, Carolina, uh, lots of talk with what they're going to do, obviously. General Manager Scott Fitterer, uh, what they're going to do. Don't think they're going to go with Steve Wilkes. There's some talk that um, D'Amico Ryans is somebody that the owner, David Tepper, likes. We'll see. Um, it was Tepper that tabbed um, Wilkes to take over from that role. Uh, I think that, that, that Steve did a really good job, and I think he's certainly going to get some interviews. I think he deserves a chance, but I understand that not winning that division, it makes a lot of sense if they go with an offensive guy and they begin to fix the offense and find the quarterback. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but like all of these jobs, finding the right guy is pivotal at this point. Um, Broncos um, uh, just turning over all the stones. I'm curious to see, uh, obviously, new ownership, where they go there and how things might be a little different going forward. Um, you know, by now, Dean Pease is retired um, as defensive coordinator for the Falcons. Um, keep an eye out on Jim Hazlitt, possibly there. He's got a connection to Terry Fontenot. I know he's going to interview for uh, that defensive coordinator position. Um, the Cardinals situation a little bit early. Look for Cliff Kingsbury to show up as an offensive uh, assistant somewhere in the NFL. Because he's got some money coming to him, so I don't know that he's going to be looking to hire, looking to to, uh, to jump on anything at this point. The Titans, as you know, parted ways with their offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, the offensive line coach, Keith Carter, uh, secondary coach, Anthony Midget, and offensive assistant, Eric Frazier. Um, so those are some of the uh, the latest news there. D'Amico Ryans will get an interview with the with the uh, the Broncos. Um, uh, I think that the, the it's we're going to start to have a lot of clarity with some of these openings here in the next few days. I wanted to spend a little time going over some of the candidates and a little bit about the guys. You know that Sean Payton's name has been mentioned a great deal. Um, the Saints do own his rights. This is more complex than people think. My sense is that he's not going to take a job, another job in the league. Now, why? Because I don't think people are going to want to give up the compensation um, that it's going to take. And not many are in the position that would be attractive enough for Sean. So in essence, the fact that the Saints own his rights is going to make it difficult for Sean to get the type of job that he's going to want. <clears throat> I think that <clears throat> on the open market, he would be number one. But, you know, it's still a possibility. We're going to have to see who has the picks. And, and certainly if you're willing to pay the picks, you can make a case is worth it. But then what type of situation is your team in? At that point, um, you know, Sean is going to be looking at a lot of things. Yes, he's going to be first and foremost owner, front office alignment, but certainly got to be looking at the roster. And with limited draft picks or limited cap room 
it makes those jobs less attractive. So you won't just go anywhere. All those things are going to be big factors. Jim Harbaugh, I think, is really interested in moving on. Um, you know that his um, buyout is $3 million. And, you know, he's uh, absolutely interested. I'm, I'm told that if, if offered, he would have taken the Vikings job last year. Um, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, in the initial Zoom interview with Denver, supposedly it went well with Carolina. Uh, we'll see. The Colts make a lot of sense. Um, we'll see how that plays out, um, you know, going forward. But I do think there's a better than 50-50 chance that he takes an NFL job. D'Amico Ryans, 38-year-old defense coordinator of the Niners, is a really good up-and-coming coach that is – kind of the next Robert Sala type guy he interviewed with the Vikings last year was a finalist for the job. And he was very impressive in his interview. And, um, you know, I think that, um, he, in fact, told the Vikings, he needed a little bit more time to develop as a head coach. He's got a really good head on his shoulder. I, I don't know if the right opportunity for him is going to come along. And they're likely to go deep into the playoffs. So we'll see how this plays out. His defense is among the best in the league. Uh, they're very well coached, but they've, they've certainly got a lot of talent. So let's not um, – it's not doing it with with smokes and mirrors. But uh, he's a really good head coach ability and potential. Dan Quinn, the former Falcons um, uh, head coach, is, is kind of reestablished himself as, as a candidate – um, coaching candidate, head coaching candidate. Uh, he's done a really nice job in, in Dallas. So that is, um, that is another guy to keep an eye out on. Uh, they're first in takeaways. They're really good in sack rate. They generate a lot of pressure. They're a very well coached unit. And obviously he has a, a great deal to do with that. So those are some of the thoughts, uh, not a complete list, but those are some of the thoughts of, um, guys that are, uh, available that uh, will be considered some coaching news in college to keep you up to date on. Um, North Dakota state defensive coordinator, David Braun has been hired to be Northwestern's defensive coordinator. You know, Northwestern had a really rough year. Um, they've had uh, stability on the coaching staff for quite some time. That's really slipped in the past couple of years. Um, but, uh, they're hoping that David could have a, a, a huge impact in turning things around there. Oklahoma is expected to hire Emmett Jones from Texas tech is their receiver coach. Um, I know Steve Ellis from East Carolina, their secondary coach has been hired over at Louisville's their cornerbacks coach, um, former, uh, Iowa state offense coordinator, Tom Manning is going to be the new, the, uh, new play caller offensively for Cincinnati and uh, Scott Satterfield. So those are some of the latest news and notes from that end over um, some other um, goings on. Um, trying to think if there is um, anything um, that might be interesting. Oh, uh, Sam Heward, um, the, uh, Young Heward of the the Heward uh, quarterback family, surprising as well as he fits at Washington, 
Now, Michael Penix is coming back at Washington. This kind of smells of potentially an NIL deal. He's going into the transfer portal. We hadn't announced yet, obviously. Um, but he's leaving Washington. A little bit surprised, kind of a generational legacy type of really good quarterback. Uh, but he is heading into the portal. So uh, that's some of the latest. Um, Florida State landing a big commitment from South Carolina. Their edge uh, uh, player, Gilbert Edmond, uh, out of the transfer portal is really good. Some people are surprised that Lincoln Riley has kept Alex Greenwich as defensive coordinator. Alex is been famous for his ability to work, worked with uh, Mike Leach at Washington State. He's obviously worked with um, with Lincoln at Oklahoma and now at USC. He's a guy that understands in uh, Lincoln Riley's role, his role as defensive coordinator, meaning you got to come up with turnovers. You've got to make chicken salad out of chicken slop, if you will. This is uh, going to be interesting to see this USC team has a chance to be pretty good next year. Um, going forward, USC, though, is going to have to get better at the line of scrimmage. They're going to have to find a way um, to become more competitive uh, on that side of the fall, uh, uh, ball defensively. Uh, if you look at um, USC, they were really all about quarterback in their ability to make plays and not much else. Um, offensively, they've got some work to do in terms of creating um, more weaponry, but I think it's up front is where I'm most concerned about them. And I think that uh, it is fair to say that defensively, I don't know that they'll ever be great under Lincoln Riley, but I do think they have to get a lot better if they're going to sustain and get over that hump. When Lincoln was at Oklahoma, they got to the playoffs, but they never could advance beyond that. Uh, we'll see if they're able to, to to crack the code and he can put more emphasis on getting into the playoffs. A um, couple of things that I wanted to jump off on and talk about. Been asked a lot about as we expand into the playoffs, is it going to be more of a TCU-type breakthroughs? Maybe, uh, and I do think you can't just look at the expansion. You have to look at expansion with transfer portal. And I do think, obviously, when we go to 12 teams, we're going to have more teams get into the playoffs. So there are going to be more opportunities to get in. I do think with the transfer portal, you have a chance for a team to use college free agency to maybe make a run and get into the playoffs. But I do think as people are up in arms with how non-competitive the national championship game was, that they're wondering if this is going to happen again. I think what would happen going forward is TCU, if they were in a 12-team playoff, more than likely <clears> – <throat> a team like that would get knocked out before they made it into maybe even to the final four. Um, and, and likely most assuredly before the championship game, but they played well enough and Michigan did not do a very good job playing a clean game. And TCU was able to get it done and win in advance. Um, there is a lot of hand wringing about, well, the wrong teams were in. no, Look, 
you have to do your job to win enough games to earn your way into the playoffs. Um, you know, it's not enough to just say who's got more talent, who's got more potential, and put those teams in. You have to go out and earn it during the course of the season. And there are teams that did not get in, like in Alabama, for example, that didn't earn their right to get in. Um, is, is Alabama, with a completely healthy team, um, better than TCU? I think so. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> the reason why you earn the right to get in is that you play well. You overcome adversity. You overcome injuries. If you are hanging your hat on, if this guy would have stayed healthy and that guy, well, you're not deep enough and versatile enough as a team. We've talked about it on an earlier show today when we broke down why Georgia has the best program in the country right now. is because they're deep. They're strong. They've had injuries. They've dealt with it. Because they're deeper, they're more versatile, they're better at the line of scrimmage. So they're not as reliant on a one or two players. They don't have great receivers at Georgia. They've got a great big slot guy, and they've got pretty good receivers that are fungible and workable. But they've got really good all-around talent that can overcome obstacles that come their way. And so to me, that's what people are missing. It's not about who would be the best if everybody is completely healthy in a given time or a given moment. Well, that's nobody. Nobody's ever completely healthy, and you're going to have people that have better luck than others health-wise. It's just the way it is. Football is a game of attrition. And for people that get in that myopic view of my team is the best if they had this, well, plenty of other teams could say that they could be a lot better and could beat you. And if if, if, you know, I only had two injuries and you had three, I could be – that stuff is not relevant. What's relevant is how good of a team that you have to sustain the length of the season and to finish strong. And just sometimes you're just not good enough at the end of the year. You're just not healthy enough at the end of the year. And it's not your year because of it. It's the way it works. It's an attrition sport. I'm hearing a lot of that. People don't get into that. But I, I understand it because if you're an Alabama fan, they think that it's all about them. If you're an Ohio State fan, they think it's all about them. Well, you know, those are issues you got to deal with and you got to overcome it. And you got you to win those games. Georgia proved that they can do a number of things very well. And they they handled it, uh, so no no question uh, about that. Um, I do think when we get into the expanded playoffs, it's going to create, uh, depending on how they see them, uh, it's going to create an opportunity where the cream will rise to the top. So the better teams with the better programs with the better talent that can overcome the depth issues, the health issues, those are the ones that are going to end up playing for the title more often than not. Now, again, how they're going to be seated, they may match up before they get into the final four, or they might match up more when they get into the final four, get there. So it's very possible you could have three out of four teams from an SEC make the final four. 
by wor working through the playoffs. Um, depends. It depends on it, how they see them. And I think that's going to be pivotal. Uh, but I do think that there's going to be a lot of room for the better teams to find their way to the top. What it will do is it's just going to create a different opportunity for others. It's going to make the regular season intriguing from the standpoint of making it. Making it's going to be big. Um, and then if you can maybe pull an upset, that's great. I don't think we're going to see all of a sudden a whole lot of different teams getting into the playoff mix. It's still going to be the cream rising to the top. That said, let's look ahead to, I don't like ranking teams, but teams that could compete and win a national championship next year. Folks, it's a short list like it is every year. Georgia's in a position to do it. I'd put them up uh, in that range. Ohio State, I would put in that range. Um, I would say that Florida State could be a TCU that's maybe capable of doing enough damage in the ACC to make it, but not good enough to beat one of those top teams. I think Alabama is certainly in the mix. Um, I, I think that you're going to see teams like Penn State and Michigan be on the outside looking in. I do think that USC has a chance to maybe play the role of what TCU was. They've got a brand name, of course, but I don't think USC next year uh, without significant improvement on defense, being a threat to win the title next year. But I do think they're very capable and will be on a consistent basis capable of making the playoffs. Uh, I would keep an eye out on LSU. I think that would be somebody that would absolutely have a chance to compete in the West of the SEC. And uh, we'll see. Um, LSU is better right now going into this part of the season at the quarterback spot than even Alabama, but there's a long way to go on that. Hey, uh, a reminder to uh, keep it here on um, the Landry Football Podcast Network for all of your football content, college football, NFL. We're going to be breaking down all the and previewing uh, and analyzing all the NFL wildcard action. We've got the six games. We'll be doing that right here on the Landry Football Podcast Network. We've got more detailed film room analysis of um, all of the games over at LandryFootball.com. All the latest news and notes, updates on coaching searches, breakdowns, um, who's in the transfer portal, uh, the top-rated guys in the transfer portal. We've got it all for you in greater detail at LandryFootball.com, so make sure that you check it out. We'll be breaking down team needs in the NFL. We'll be keeping you up to date on all the activities in college football. Again, in even greater depth, over at LandryFootball.com. So take advantage of our holiday saving special that we've got going on there. Hey, appreciate you joining us, folks. Join us again next time for another edition of the Landry Football Podcast on the Landry Football Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network. Talk to you next time, everyone.